Premier League just ended, so you know how the idea about relegation and promotion, so how teams can get relegated and you can get promoted. Mm-hmm. So this podcast today is getting promoted. We've been doing, we did a high school interview, but we're officially getting promoted out of college, Drew, and not just to college. We're taking a step up from where you and I played. We were D3 football players, but we're, uh, we're going to the big time. We're grad transfers. We're moving up to Division One, and I'm so freaking excited because we have – Rice quarterback Wiley Green on with us today. Uh, Wiley, thanks for coming on. Uh, we're going to try not to get you in trouble. Drew, can you can you kind of give us an introduction here, how you know Wiley? Yeah, Wiley is two years younger than me. When I was a senior tight end uh, at Coppell, he was a um, scrawny little quarterback um, as a sophomore. Um, I'm pretty sure he didn't even start out on varsity that year. And then one of my another senior quarterback, he actually quit. Wiley got promoted, was a backup, ended up being, we called it green, green. He was our signal caller. Whenever we went green, green, he was live um, signaling the plays. But this is Wiley, um, again, a good friend of mine. We've kept in touch a little bit through the years. Obviously, he's at Rice now. But Wiley, thank you again for coming on. Yeah, man. You forgot to mention the part where I helped get us to the playoffs that year. But it's cool. Hey, hey. I, I, okay, I have to. I have to admit, Wiley. I caught. I think I caught seven balls that year, and Wiley account, accumulated for three of my uh, seven uh, passes caught that year. <laughs> they were all through the exact same route and play, basically. I just ran a streak down the middle, hit me wide open two against Colleyville Heritage, and then one on senior night against Haltom. Um, I was trying to take the Haltom ball to the end zone, but unfortunately, they're playing man, and the guy was on my back. Uh, caught a beautiful ball from Wiley, but um, nonetheless, he he helped. Uh, almost accumulate from more of my passes caught that year. Drew, is that the uh, same route that you ran for your touchdown against Chicago? It was basically the same route. Obviously, different concepts on the outside. Um, I'm pretty sure it was called Casper. Um, mm-hmm. And I, the first time I was lined up with my hand in the dirt, the second time I was lined up out the outside, and then I believe against Haltom, I was lined up uh, with my hand in the dirt as well. So, again, I'm going to do it all tight end, baby. But, yes, both times they were, they were streaking. Absolutely. Makes plays, man. Yes. Drew, you were talking mad smack about Wiley here, but I'm looking at these. Uh, I'm looking at some of his numbers. Uh, Wiley, you made your debut against Florida International. Is that right? Yeah, that was a tough day. A tough day? I mean, yeah. you completed your first pass from what? Completed, completed my first pass and then just kind of kind of went downhill from there. Uh, came in came in because our, our starter ended up getting injured. He, like, broke his pinky trying to hurdle a guy. Not sure how it gets there, but uh, they kind of threw me in as a true freshman. And, you know, I wasn't super prepared. I was kind of going into it and kind of started off the, you know, the second half pretty simple, just kind of getting the ball out to the flats, whatever, and then come to the sideline. The coach is like, all right, we're going to throw a deep ball here. I don't care if he's open or not, we're throwing it. I was like, okay, sounds good. They end up running a, a man coverage with the safety over the top and, run an inside fade and the guy was able to get there, tips it and picks it off from a second pass. And I was like, well, that's a completion and another completion, but to the wrong team on that one to start off my college career. But ended up being all right as we turned it around in my first start against North Texas that next week. But not a great way to get the get the ball rolling in college football for sure. Well I'm so sure. before international, Wiley, did you go into that game knowing you were the the second you were right behind the starter? I kind of thought I was like third, to be totally honest. We had another um, uh, senior above me, um, 
who was an awesome guy, but the coaches didn't really trust him a lot. And they didn't really like his demeanor, I guess. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, head coach said, all right, throw him in there. And I just kind of got thrown into the spotlight at, all at once. And it's kind of where I've been in and out of ever since. So how'd you prepare for that week? Like did, when you went in for that first series or that first play, what, what, what was it like? First of all, were you guys at home? No, we, so we were actually at Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. And I can't remember exactly where we were at and where FIU is to be totally honest. But all I remember is preparing for that week. I did some scout team reps, took a couple first team reps because I said just to be ready just in case you might get a few plays um, just to kind of use my four games. You know, this might be one of those games that we get to use that. I remember driving to the, to the game, you know, we get, so for division one football, you usually get three buses. Um, they'll take you from the airport or from your hotel to the game. And uh, you get a police escort. And that's just kind of like how it works. It's how you get there. And we had about a 20 minute drive and about t- 10 minutes into the drive. Everybody's kind of like taking naps before we get to the, to the stadium gunshots ring out and we were like what in the world is happening there was a gun chase shootout like literally next to us and the cop car in front of us that was like giving us police escort ended up getting a bullet through the windshield and like just insane so going into the game all I'm thinking is about oh my word where am I and I'm am I about to get shot at this FIU game because like what in the world is going on but we ended up going into the game and I was just kind of like I might get a few plays here and there. I was not expecting to get full series, like, at all. Um, this being, like, sixth or seventh game of the year, it was just kind of like I'm there to travel. I'm there to learn as a true freshman, just kind of get to know um, how the senior quarterback works, you know, how, how the whole process of Division One games roll. And then head coach just throws us in there and I, throws me in there. I'm just like, all right, let's roll. And then, obviously, kind of a tough start into college football, no doubt. Um, but it ended up preparing me for a lot of what's what's ahead. Dude, I don't know, because when you played North Texas that next week, that was your first start, right, like you said? Yeah, that and was my first start. Drive, 11 play, 75 yards, and, and you get your way into that end zone, two-yard rushing touchdown. Yeah, and again, it just seems like everything's got a little story with it. I mean, we had a trick play that drawn up in the first, first drive of the game. Uh, that was a lot of fun. We had to, like, fake a fumble. Um, end up getting like 40 yards on that one and then we get to the we get to the red zone and the whole week they've been telling me he's like hey I'm not a big runner if you know I know Drew knows me not a big running guy Um, but every once in a while I'll pull the ball and it was just a simple read play and the whole week the coach was like hey you might need to be ready to run the ball this week like they're gonna crash it's gonna be easy pull read and sure enough, first time we run the play, def- defensive end crashes hard, and I just walk into the end zone. And I was just like, well, that's that works. That's a nice way to get your get your first touchdown as a college quarterback, especially in the hometown of Dallas, which was nice. Yeah, I was going so to say, you know, there. I, go, I go to UNT now. Um, I wasn't there, I believe, when that, when that happened. Um, but, you know, 30 minutes, you know, down the road, you know, that's where you, that's where you grew up. I don't know if you grew up actually in Coppell, but yeah. Um, okay. So you grew up in Coppell and then you go down to Prestonwood, you know, early on, I'm assuming, did you start your career at football as a quarterback or did you, you know, venture off elsewhere or, you know, how did that kind of begin? Well, I remember I, I started playing football in like kindergarten, like flag football and I just played receiver. And then first grade, my dad was the coach. So of course I became the quarterback. 
That's just how it works in youth football, right? And uh, kind of ever since then, I haven't really moved positions. I've uh, kind of stuck there my entire career. And growing up in, in Coppell, that's just – that's the thing to do is play youth football and all the drama that comes with it. So – I was going to ask you this. What's a tougher crowd? You know, youth Coppell YMCA or Coppell Youth Football Association moms or Rice, um, you know, I guess <laughs> rival teams? Because, I mean, it gets pretty heated out there in CYFA days. Tell you what, CYFA is a whole nother story about drama and just <laughs> what goes on with the parents. And, mm -hmm. I mean, the Friday Night Tykes, the, uh, the TV show came by and they wanted to do it on us. And our city was like, no, we can't have that. <laughs> I mean, the drama that went on there was unbelievable. Exactly. I mean, I, I played multiple years in it, so obviously I know. Um, but, you know, growing up in Coppell is kind of similar. Football is kind of life. I mean, I, 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 did you play any other sports, or were you really just football only through your childhood and kind of, I guess, into high school even? Well, I played hockey for a long time. So I played hockey until I was freshman year of high school and absolutely loved it. I like to say I was pretty good at it, to say the least. <laughs> Um, but after two concussions, the doc was like, you got to pick one contact sport. And I was like, well, I'll pick, I live in Texas, so mm -hmm. I'll play football. Um, I played baseball growing up too, played baseball throughout high school and finished senior year playing baseball. But those are kind of my three sports for football, hockey, and baseball. I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I vaguely remember you being a baseball kid. Um, but I don't like, I can't recall any of you actually playing baseball. I just remember you playing football, um, at Coppell, but then again, after I left, I was I tried to stay away from Coppell. Once you leave Coppell, man, it's it's you you don't go back unless you have to go back. Um, but no, for sure. I mean, once but once you did leave Coppell your sophomore year, you went on to Prestonwood. Um, tell us a little about that. I know it's a, a big private school in the Dallas area. Sandy probably doesn't know about it, but it's it is a big powerhouse um, in the state of Texas, at least in the city of Dallas too. Yeah. So. When I went to Prestonwood after my sophomore year, um, we kind of made the move for a lot of different reasons. Football was one of them. Wanting a private Christian education was another. Um, but when we finally made the move there, junior year, went into the season, you know, at the end of the day, everything I, lo I, every I loved everything about Prestonwood. I like having, instead of, you know, 4,000 kids in one hallway, like we do at Coppell, mm -hmm. we had 125 in each class, you know. Now you're talking just under 500 people. It's a way different story, but going into uh, junior year, I was expecting, it was like, this is where, this is your big recruiting year, right? So this is when everything happens for football. This is when you get recruited to the big schools, um, going into it, because all the schools, like, had liked me so far, you know, some of the bigger schools from their camps, like Texas A&M, Texas, Texas Tech, they're all like, we really like you, but we need film. We need film, because the film that I had at Coppell was my sophomore year, it was a little bit here and there. Um, obviously, I started that Halton game um, and then played that second half of the Collierville Heritage game. Mm -hmm. So that was like a little bit of film here and there, and I made some good throws. My first clip of my sophomore year highlights is to Drew right over the middle. Let's go. It was, it was pretty sweet. But um, no, and then I kind of was getting ready for junior year football, and we going into it. I'm battling out with um, a junior and a senior. So it's a three-way quarterback battle. Uh, one of – my good friends, MJ Rivers, he's a, uh, he was a quarterback at the University of Illinois as soon as he graduated. Um, so he's, you know, big time guys that I'm going up against, even at Prestonwood. We're battling it out in first game of the season. This guy named Marvin Wilson, uh, five-star defensive tackle, uh, probably going to get drafted next year from Florida State. 
decides to tackle me and land on me in an awkward way. And I break my foot and tear just about everything in my foot. Um, keeps me out for the entire season pretty much. Didn't, didn't play. And then when I finally got healthy with about two weeks left in the season, they're just like, listen, we've got MJ. He's playing really well right now. We were sitting at like a nine and one record at the time. There was no point in changing. We were winning. And I was like, you know what? I get it. You know, and I'm going to keep battling and whatever. And, and we ended up going to the state semis that year. We lost. Uh, but we go into spring football and kind of MJ doesn't show up for the first day of practice. I was kind of confused. And coach was talking to us. He's like, hey, we're going to open up the quarterback competition, make it between you and MJ for senior year, get after it. There's a lot of talks about me transferring because, you know, I wanted to play my senior year. Um, and finally, they were just like, no, we're going to open it up. We're going to, you know, Coach Cunningham's an awesome coach. Coach Greek, who's now the head coach at Argyle Liberty Christian, was like, we're going to let the best guys play. That's just how we do it here. That's how we win championships. That's what we're going to do. And I was like, let's go. Um, well, MJ ended up transferring his senior year to a uh, 5A public school, Frisco Lone Star, mm-hmm. because all of his co- college coaches were like, he's a runner. He's a big time runner. He can throw the ball pretty well, but he's a runner. And they were all like, you've got to be able to run over kids in the, you know, Texas high school football, 5A. Yeah. I was just like, I don't know. There are division one kids in private school. You just, you, you got to give it a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So they, so he moved, he went over and transferred to the public school for senior year and had just opened it up for me in my senior year. So I was really lucky about that. And then going into senior year, um, we play our first game of the season against the Fort Worth All Saints, who is the corner starting corner for them is now my roommate. That was fun <laughs> to play against him. Um, but no, we were playing and we lost our first game of the season. I just think Prestonwood's known for winning state championships. You know, in the past eight years, they've won four. Like it's just it's what they're known for. It's how you get across. Um, they're known for winning. And after losing the first game of the season as a starting quarterback, I'm just like, where where am I to go from here? You know, I've got. The only offer I had at the time was Brown. Um, Brown was my only offer. So I'm thinking, I'm going to Ivy League. I'm going to Brown. I should just commit now. I've got nothing else. I should commit now, um, especially after the first loss of the season. I was like, I'm screwed. You know, no one's going to recruit me. After, you know, you got to be a big-time winner. And we go the rest of the season. We end up playing really well. We dominate um, pretty much everybody. We end up going into the postseason at 8-2. and two. Um, And I'm kind of getting looks here and there. But a lot of the coaches, Baylor was the big one on me. And that was um, like my dream school at the time was like, let me get to Baylor. Let me get to Baylor. Um, I love the Christian atmosphere at Baylor University. I love like everything about it. I knew a lot of my friends that were going there. So I was like, I want to get to Baylor. Um, Coach Rule, he was talking to me. Um, Coach uh, Thomas was one of the uh, offense coordinators. There was like, hey, man, get to the state championship game. Because the state championship game for private schools held in Waco. Mm-hmm. So get to the state championship game and we'll be there. And that was, that was my goal. I was like, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get to the state championship game. I ended up getting to like 4,000 yards passing, 50 touchdowns. I'm like, I'm getting there no matter what happens. So we ended up playing that Fort Worth All Saints team again in the state semis. And when I tell you that that was, that was the greatest game I had played up until state, state championship game. I mean, throwing for almost 500 yards, like we're talking four or five touchdown passes, it was an insane game. A lot of offense. We ended up squeaking that one out. Um, crazy. I still kind of hold it against my roommate. Um, it's always <laughs> nice to put that on him. But then we got to the state championship game against Houston St. Pius, who has Grant Gunnell, 
who's now the starting quarterback at the University of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, Booby Curry, who's now a starting receiver at the University of Arizona. Um, they had a kid. Um, I can't remember his name. He's the he's now a receiver at Northwestern. Luke Brockermeyer, who's a linebacker at Texas. I mean, we're talking just loaded team. Mm-hmm. And we were, and I was just like, how in the world are we? Because they're undefeated. The, the only loss they had was to um, fourth All Saints in like a scrimmage and earlier in the year. Yeah. And so uh, this team is rolling. And um, somehow we, I mean, state championship game. We get into, we're going into the fourth quarter. We're down eighteen. I'm looking at the guys like, guys, this is it, enjoy it. You know, we we made a state championship game against probably one of the best teams in private school history. Like, good for us. But I guess something clicked. You know, I kind of talked to the boys and was like, listen, let's just play football. Let's just enjoy it. Let's go out there and have a blast. Let's enjoy our last quarter of football. For the guys that, you know, weren't going to go play on in college, it's like, let's just enjoy it. And something clicked. Our defense turned it on. Uh, they ended up keeping Grant Gannell from passing any more touchdowns. Uh, we ended up scoring 19 points in the fourth quarter. And we ended up winning the game 42-41. to 41. One of the greatest feelings I've ever had in my life was winning that state championship game. Um, I know we didn't get to experience it your sophomore year, Drew, but like, or my sophomore year, it's a, it's a pretty cool feeling knowing that you going off the field the last time as a high schooler mm-hmm. and with a win, like that's pretty special and not yeah. many people can do that. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I mean, you bring up, you bring up a harsh memory. Um, you know, my senior year, uh, I always tell people I went, Oh, they're like, what'd you do? I went six and five. Well, when <laughs> I, when I rattle off the five losses being Trinity, Southlake, DeSoto, Cedar Hill, and then we, we lost to um, Broken Arrow, which is one of the top teams in Oklahoma, and they go, oh, makes sense. Makes and DeSoto, sense. DeSoto was, the, was the playoff game in DeSoto. So, but, um, yeah, no, I remember – the atmosphere for that, too. Holy yeah, smoke. We, we should have won that game. We had it in the bag. It's just – Oh, my you know, the ball The ball rolled the wrong way. Um, it seemed to happen that year a lot, too. In the double yes. overtime against Southlake, like – the ball seemed to just be bouncing not our way for the whole season. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was a, it was a rough year. It was a fun year though. I, I don't regret anything about it. Um, but you know, going, playing, you know, you played a little bit 6A football playing at Prestonwood, you know, obviously, like you said, small school, like what's the difference, the atmosphere, you know, obviously you rattled off, you know, big division one guys. And I always tell Sandy, um, you know, we know a lot of big division one guys here in the Dallas area. Cause you know, being from little rock, he catches a handful here and there. Um, but in Dallas, it's 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 leaking everywhere. It's just D1 guys, D1 guys. But, you know, what's the difference really, I guess, between Division or 6A and, um, and private school? So the big difference that I've seen, and I tell almost everybody I talk to, um, is that when you get to the Division I private school level, which is the big school, the big private schools, um, like Prestonwood, Bishop Lynch, Houston St. Pius, your starters are big-time players across the board. All consistently I mean you're getting division one guys Bishop Dunn had I think like 17 guys go division one my senior year insane numbers but your starters are stacked and they can compete with just about every 6a school in every aspect of it but the difference between I think the talent level is the backups and that's when you start to get into these debates about oh if you know Presswood played Coppell senior year who would have won well if you think about it the first half would have been close, guaranteed. I don't know who would be on top or who wouldn't. But then you start to look at the second half and you start getting into your backups when, you know, guys start getting tired, guys start getting, you know, replaced. It's like 
you know, across our starting receivers across the board was a, you know, Hawaii receiver now, Duke commit for DB, Baylor commit for DB, and an Oklahoma tight end. And then you kind of go behind that, and now you're looking at guys who are joining college at Baylor, joining college at OU, you know, mm-hmm. guys that are just regular college students. And it starts – it's a huge drop-off. You know, I know when we were at Coppell, you're talking about we had talent across the board. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we were still losing to DeSoto and Cedar Hill. <laughs> just frustrating. But, you know, it was, it was a competition between your starter and your backup. And then you get to private school, and it's, it's kind of – it's a different story. And I think yeah. that's where the big difference is. And then, obviously, the atmosphere. Coppell had the best student section I've ever seen of any high school. Hands down. Hands down. Hands down, the best student section. Um, and at Prestwood, it was kind of like, we expect winning. So it wasn't a huge student section. Um, they turned out for the state championship game and drove to Waco. But, again, it wasn't like a – it wasn't like Coppell. It wasn't like those big 6A where you get the, the powder up in the air. You get, you know, guys' shirts off with their names spelled. You know, it's, it's more of a um, – it's a smaller, it's a smaller circle for sure in the student section. I think that's those are the two biggest differences I've noticed. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I will say this thing about Prestonwood. We always in the spring, you know, you always do seven on seven. They are the best seven on seven team consistently year in and year out that I've ever played. I know seven on seven is not real football, but my gosh, we would go there and do a tournament, like our opening weekend tournament with Hebron and Prestonwood because they're kind of you know right across from each other, and Prestonwood would smack. 6A schools, 5A schools, just run them out the dam, you know, off the field um, during seven on seven. What's the secret? Yeah, no, it's, well, Presswood's throw the ball every Mm -hmm. play. That is the Presswood mindset. And I remember games where I was throwing the ball 60 times a game. Love those games. Mm -hmm. I mean, those were awesome. And it correlated to seven on seven really well. And when I remember – when I was my sophomore year, your senior going into your senior year, mm-hmm. um, I didn't play with the varsity seven on seven team, but I remember watching them going. When y'all played Prestonwood, they had Ryan Cash a quarterback for Prestonwood, who won two, who won a state championship in football and baseball, and I was a professional baseball player, stud quarterback, could throw the ball like nobody's business. But he was also throwing to Michael Irvin Jr., Michael Irvin's son. He was throwing to you know these big time receivers. Uh, another one of his best buddies who uh, is now a pitcher for the Kansas City Royals was playing receiver at 6'4", 6'5". Like, they could – you had guys across the field that were dominating. It's just – it's when you start to get in those second and third levels of the depth chart is when mm-hmm. things kind of start to to change. Yeah. So, no, it, I, I just remember going there, playing there, and I was just like – like, whenever you had to play pressure, like, oh, my God. Especially because when I was younger, I was playing defense. And, like, yeah. they – like, you, they're five out wide – sometimes with a running back, sometimes with a tight end. And, like, they're just running crazy schemes while, like, on defense we're running 54 Texas, 45 rep. Like, basic defenses. Basic and we can't, can't stop anything. And then halfway through the game, E-man's on the side. Just run man. Just run man. <laughs> out here running man against a bunch of little white boys. Because, like, we're bigger and faster than them. But they, they run – they do things so crisp over there. Um, and I feel like y'all – because I don't think y'all have a spring football – um, and so really you're, you're working on your routes on air. I mean, I could be wrong. Do you, do you guys do spring football with pads in, in the spring game or? Yeah. So we do spring football with pads spring game, but it's shorter. Okay. So I think if I'm not public school gets like 18 practices, 15 to 18 practices. Mm-hmm. Uh, we only get like 12. Okay. Um, and they are pretty much for us. It's our week before finals. So we get like two weeks before finals and we do all of it. 
And then our last day of school is like the spring game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's smaller, it's quicker. Um, it's not spread out over a month where, you know, we're up there at 5 a.m. and getting ready for practice and pre-practice and all that stuff. Worst. Spring ball is the absolute worst. But, yes, so they, they, y'all were getting a little bit more preparation on 7-on-7 seven seven where we were just thrown out there, hey, go do this. And then we had, like, a playbook where they where we just opened it up. Hey, everyone, run, call call a position, run this while where I feel like yeah. Preston Woods, like, we know everything down to the detail. But, um, no, I – I hated I hated going there and playing Preston Wood and seven on seven. All right, Wiley, before we move on to Rice, I have quite a few teammates from the area in which you played high school, where, where both y'all you and Drew played, but you know, Drew is at Capel, you were at Preston Wood for a few years. So my Texas teammates at Hendricks, the kids come in, you know, I know Texas high school football is is freaking awesome. But sometimes I feel like they come in with overinflated egos, and I think sometimes you get a little bit of false advertisement. And I need to know about a couple schools just to verify whether or not they're actually hot sauce. So, Wiley, I'm going to give you two names. I need you to tell me if they're legitimate or not in Texas high school football. Parish Episcopal. Parish Episcopal. So Parish played – Division two private school football for a long time, uh, where they won state championships. They were good, but they never got, they didn't quite play the division one. Uh, it's kind of like the same as, uh, district 5A and 6A, or maybe even 4A and 6A. It's a little bit different football, a little bit bigger school. Um, they eventually jumped up my junior and senior year to division one to make the, the push for it. Um, they weren't great. They struggled, um, but they had they had they always had a good good players. But the past couple years, uh, they've actually got one of my good friends, Preston Stone, at quarterback, and he's legit. He is he's the dude. He had offers from just about every school you can think of, and his brother is a wide receiver the year above him who just uh, started his just ended his freshman year at SMU. And if I'm not mistaken, Preston's going to SMU as well. That's where he's committed for you know, after he plays his senior year this year. Um, but dude's a baller. And press and, and Parrish is a is a contender for sure, uh, especially these past couple of years with how well Preston Stone has really helped kind of get that place rocking and rolling with people trying to move in to play with him, to say the least. Before you ask the next school, Sandy, I actually know the Stones. They have a third brother. He's my age. He went to Virginia Tech. Lyndall Stone. He just had a baby, actually. I saw that on Facebook this weekend. Um, But, yes, Preston Stone is the real deal. Like, I I will say that now. Like, that dude is a baller. Um, I will, you know, piggybacking off of what Wiley said. But hit him with that last cool, Sandy. Bishop Lynch. Bishop Lynch. They were were Preston Wood's rival um, for a long time, especially – my junior and senior year because my junior year they won state um which was frustrating as all get out because they barely made the playoffs and then they went on a run of just they said we're going to run the ball over everybody and that's how we're going to do it one of my teammates is an offensive lineman from bishop lynch and never stops talking about it oh my word um and then you know my senior year, we lost to him, but we ended up winning state, so we can kind of rub it in his face. But then the past couple of years, they've kind of been up and down. Uh, they've had a couple good t- 
teams here and there. Um, but they're not like I they're they're really up and down. They um I think they just got rid of their head coach who was a stud there, but apparently didn't align with school policies, uh, being the Catholic school and everything. So they kind of had to switch up. And I'm not sure how good they're going to be in the next couple of years, to be totally honest. My thought is they're on the decline while Parrish is on the – while Parrish is rising. Yeah, so uh, one of my uh, – a good friend of mine, he was a team captain with me at Hendricks. Super great guy. Daniel Packard was a linebacker for him. And then uh, my uh, – Freshman deep snapper played for him, so that was that was my experience with both of them. You know, you hear about Bishop Lynch and them. I, I just wanted to make sure. So yeah, I, no, I'm very happy to get a an objective opinion about them now. <laughs> well, listen, you know we we um, we have a we've kind of a weird tradition at Hendricks where um, whenever we have a recruit come in, they don't come on a Friday Saturday night. They don't come on a Thursday night. They come on a Sunday night. Uh, well, they come Sunday afternoon. They come on a Sunday night. The reason we do that is because we want them to experience the life of a Hendricks athlete. You know, because really when you're there, you're a student athlete. School is very, very important there. Um, it's the reason why you go there. My question to you is, is what's the Rice recruitment like? You know, do they, do they show you that kind of school side? Or are you really there for football first? And then um, they kind of show you the school once you get there. So it's not a Sunday night thing. <laughs> it is. You get there on you get there on Friday night, and you enjoy the weekend. Um, you know, I remember my official visit to Rice. We got there on Friday. Most of Friday was seeing the school, getting to talk to professors, getting to talk to um, the football team. Would bring in professors that you got to talk like one on one with. Um, I talked with the economics professor who taught intro, uh, Professor Danico, who was awesome. Got to talk to him, and then as Friday night rolls around, you go to dinner. So all the recruits are all together. We go to um, Papa Seafood, which was just unbelievable. They bring out more food that you can ever think of eating. Um, you sit down with the head coach. You sit down with your position coach, uh, and then you get a you get like a player with you. That's one of the one of the teammates. And I didn't know this at the time, but they give the they give the player like 150 bucks for the weekend and say, "Hey, let him enjoy his time." And um, after the dinner, we get out of dinner at like nine o'clock where I'm so full, I can't even eat anymore. And they say, go hang out with the players and we'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. And, you know, you've got your hotel key. They don't know when you get back. They don't know what time, you know, there's no curfew. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your first night of being a college athlete. And I remember Uzo, who we played with, yep. uh, Drew, was my um, – like recruit that kind of like helped me uh, was one of my player guys that, that showed me around and Uzo and I had known each other from playing, you know, ball together at Coppell and Uzo was thinking, he goes, all right, where do you want to go first? I was like, dude, I don't know. I've never, I don't go to Houston that often. I was like, what do you want us to do? He goes, all right, we'll go back to the dorm. We'll pregame. We'll enjoy that. And we'll go out to the clubs. I'm, you know, 17 years old thinking, where am I going to get into a club? Like what is going to be happening? And we end up, you know, going to his room where I met a couple of teammates, met a lot of cool guys. Um, and we're all sitting there just hanging out. And about 11 o'clock rolls around and the volleyball team shows up. And we're like, I'm like, hey, let's go. Like, this is not too shabby. Um, they all, all the volleyball girls start talking to recruits, like, as soon as you walk in. And I'm, like, feeling myself. I'm thinking, like, let's go. Like, this is pretty sweet. Um, and then the soccer team starts rolling in, the girls' soccer team. I'm like, dude, what? 
this is the life. Like this, this is, is all dude. coincidental, right, Wiley? This just yeah. they just happen to walk in when they're and they just have, and I'm thinking to myself like, yo, like if this is how it is every weekend, <laughs> I'm gonna have a blast here. <laughs> and um, you know, we go out, we go out to the clubs that night, and Uzo, being six seven, three hundred pounds, goes up to the bouncer and goes, hey, he's good. And I walk right in, <laughs> like just no problem. And um, I'm not gonna say the club out of respect. You know, um, but we ended up just hanging out there and I'm sitting there going, what in the world is going on? You know, I've never been in a club 17 years old. Like what? And I just remember sitting, I met a lot of my teammates, my roommate that was with me, um, uh, Luke, his name's Luke Armstrong. He ended up coming to Rice. Uh, we're good buddies now. His dad was Lance Armstrong or is Lance Armstrong. And I was, I didn't know this at the time. And we're sitting there um, at the bar or at the club, just kind of talking. And he goes, I was like, hey, man, like, you know, what, what have you been up to? He goes, nothing much. My dad came late. He's always late for everything. I was like, huh, that's weird. What's your dad do? He goes, oh, he's just a biker. I was like, oh, didn't even think about it. And I love cycling. I watch it everything, like, with my dad. We watched the Tour de France. And I was like, oh, a biker. I guess he just rides motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Cool. And not thinking anything of it. And I just remember walking the next morning. We come down to, like, you know, all the parents are there, and we get to go out and go see the school again on Saturday with the parents. And I'm sitting there in the elevator with Lance Armstrong. And I'm like, man, he looks really familiar. Like, I know this guy. I definitely know this guy. And Luke uh, ends up introducing, goes, hey, this is my dad, Lance. And I was like, Lance. I was like, oh, I know who you are now. Uh, so that was a really cool moment in my official visit. But I just remember Friday night just kind of going out with the boys. And then Saturday was consist of – uh, more school stuff. The coaches, you kind of got into more football. They start, they sit you down. They start kind of going through the, the first part of the playbook with you going, Hey, this is what you read is here. This is what you expect. Um, Rice just got a virtual reality system at the time. So they were showing me all the VR stuff for the quarterbacks. And then they had, um, they're getting ready for spring ball. So I got to meet a couple of the more players when we were there. And then Saturday night, they kind of did the same thing. They took us to BJ's during the day to kind of just enjoy the day. And then we went to uh, this Italian restaurant uh, for dinner, sat down with Uzo and, you know, different coaches this time. And then because mm-hmm. Division One coaches, there's 30, 35 of them at a time. You know? yeah. There's so many. And they rotate out, especially the, the GAs and stuff like that, like nobody's business. So you're just, you're just trying to remember names. And Saturday night we go out, kind of do the same thing, where we just kind of pregame, go to the club, hang out. You know, now you're meeting the swimming team. Now you're meeting the women's basketball team. And you're just like, dude, let's go. This is so neat. <laughs> um, but I ended up having a blast on my official visit, and it was a lot of fun. And um, that was – I mean, that's kind of what our official visits look like now. I mean, look, looking at it now, Rice, the way we do it, it's when we know we have recruits coming in that weekend, we say, all right, who's throwing the party? Who's throwing, you know – how are we doing this? Because we want to show them a good time. We want to get them. We want them here. Um, but in the moment, I'm thinking, this is what it's like every weekend. This is amazing. I love right. this. So well, uh, it's definitely a different experience, but it's definitely more let's have you enjoy it than focus on school. Well, uh, I hate to burst your bubble, but uh, I think Hendricks has you beat on uh, the official visits. Uh, you come in on a Saturday afternoon. I think that starts around 1, one o'clock, maybe 12 o'clock. Uh, you sit, you do football, you go look at the weight room, you go look at the meeting or the, the locker room, you see jerseys, they give you your jersey, your nameplate. Um, you also are introduced to the, the host, 
who you, who you actually stay with. You don't get a hotel room. You stay in the dorm room. You have to bring a sleeping bag, uh, some pillows. If you're fortunate and you get someone with a nicer room, uh, you might have a couch to sleep on. If not, you sleep on the floor. Um, and then Sunday night, you have you eat in the calf, uh, which we have one of the best calves in the country. So, like, it's not a bad thing. And they, they really doll it up that night. That whenever If you're not hosting that weekend and you know there's, there's recruits coming in, you know that that meal is going to be fire. Um, then Sunday night you get to go hang out. Most of the time you ended up just going to the WAC and, or the, uh, you go to Sturgeon, no, the WAC, you go to the WAC and you play basketball, uh, with the, with the football team and the other recruits there. I know you were loving that. Yeah, I was, I was, I, I, I was schooling some people there. I did have my contacts, so I was playing without <laughs> glasses on, so I could not see anything, but I was still wrecking. And then the next day it is no football at all. 100% class. You go meet for breakfast with the football team because you're with football players, and then they send you off, and you go to you will go to like two classes. You go to um, you get to have a one-on-one with a professor of your choosing, and then you meet one last time with the football coaches, and you're done. It's a little different. <laughs> a little different because because Hendrix Hendrix's whole thing is they want you to be a student athlete more than an athlete that's a student. Now yeah. that I was trying to see if there's some similarities, but it sounds like Rice is really big on the big D1 because that's what a lot of D1s I've heard um, the recruitment visits are like, which I completely understand because you want your kids to have fun. But I will say Hendricks does a good job of making a realistic, this is what you look like. You're staying in a dorm. You got to wake up. You got to go shower in the community showers. You have, oh, yeah. to, you have to get a tray just like anyone else. And it's, they, they definitely doll you up a little bit, but they're, they're like, hey, this is the real deal. Like it's Division three football. We're not pretty. We don't have clubs to go to. I think the only place to go to in Conway is JJ's. Um, and you can't even go there until you're like, well, you can go there when you're younger, but you can't do anything. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, I, it is definitely um, different to hear that recruitment visit. I'm so used to going to somewhere like Hendricks. Yeah, it's, it's different. But, like, Rice, Rice definitely emphasizes the schoolwork and how tough it's going to be. But at the same time, they're also like, we've got to compete with guys that are going to recruiting visits to Baylor that are going yeah. to recruiting visits to like this. So like, we kind of need to keep it up and yeah. promote like being fun. So they do that. They do both really well. They definitely emphasize the student portion, but we don't go to class. So that makes it a little nicer. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it definitely makes sense. Um, Cause like I said, we're not, we're not going against guys like Baylor, um, or anything like that. So we, we don't have to actually uh, compete against big schools. I don't know how our other Division three rivals really do the recruitment visits, um, but I've never heard of anyone doing it like Hendricks. Um, but then again, I've only gone on two recruitment visits, so I don't, I don't have any idea. Yeah. Well, piggybacking off of that, Wiley, talking about recruiting, um, you know, you see all kinds of players come into college as freshmen um, and, and they all have their own strengths. They all have their own weaknesses for you going from high school to college. What was the thing that was like the biggest shock for you? And let's, let's do both. Let's do from the student side and from the football side and hell, you could even interweave those. I, all right. So let's, let's start with the students. Since that is the most important part of college. Let's, let's get that out of the way. Good answer. <laughs> um, no, definitely was the amount of time that you had to spend with professors or tutors. Um, one of the big things for me was like in high school, I had to study a lot. Like that's just who I was. I liked 
I was always on top of my stuff. I wanted to know, I wanted to be prepared. College, you can never really be prepared for about what you're going to walk into. Uh, those tests can be anywhere from, hey, it's the review to, hey, it is everything under the sun that you can possibly imagine. Um, and so that was the big difference for me. I remember taking my first econ test and just my mind was like, oh, no, what have I gotten myself into? You know, rice is going to kick my butt. But then I started to realize, like, you got to get to know the professors. You got to get to know, talk to them. You got to get to the TA hours. You got to get to all that stuff. So I think that was the biggest switch for me. Um, and I think for football was the size of the players. Um, being at Coppell, I was always around big guys. You know, Solomon Weiss who plays at UTSA. You know, you had Solomon Thomas, who was third round, third, third pick in the draft. Like, you got used to being around big guys. But then you get to – division one college and it's not just one or two people it's everybody you know I remember I mean I'm 6'3 going at, going into my freshman year I was 6'3 185 so I'm like all right I know I'm skinny but I'm pretty tall so I feel decent about it I had guys coming in you know average height of the offensive line 6'5 you know you're talking you're pushing 275 300 pounds for the offensive line you're and I'm just like whoa 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 my roommate, who is this, uh, is a tight end, he's six five, and I'm just like, goodness, I am, I am a lot smaller than I thought I was going to be. Um, so the big thing for me was putting on weight, because I would, you know, 185 playing freshman year too. Granted, starting two games or three games, playing in four, I was getting rocked at 185, and I needed to put on weight quickly. So that's kind of what my like next couple of years were focused on where, you know, that freshman to sophomore year or red shirt to red shirt freshman year was all about putting on weight. And I think just the size was the biggest difference for sure. Yeah. No, How about the, the time commitments, like, you know, we practice, we have, you know, morning meetings, sometimes morning lifts, uh, you know, OD sessions, film sessions and stuff. Uh, but for you guys, I know, I think the NCAA has like a cap on how much you can practice per week, but it seems like for whatever reason, all my friends who went and played D1, it was just a little more intense, a little more time commitment than, than D3. So can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So coaches are the best time schedulers and know exactly how to maximize the time in the facility. Um, so you get, so usually you get a 20 hour practice week. Um, they take three hours out for games and then they give you 17 hours to practice throughout the week. Uh, during fall camp, I don't believe there's a time limit and you are there every day, all day. Some of my teammates sleep at the facility because they just don't want to wake up 20 minutes earlier and drive to campus. It is that much of a grind during fall camp, but during the school year, um, we're talking about workouts are all of a sudden not an hour, but they're 30 minutes you know, they're, but you know, the extra 30 minutes of your lift that you have is voluntary. Um, you have, yeah, exactly. Um, they turn into things where practice is, you know, two hours long, but you have pre-practice, you have your after practice meetings, you have your, your walk up to the facility, um, which is like another t practice meeting. Um, you know, we will sit in the uh, quarterbacks, especially know how to manage their times. Cause we'll be, cause we're, we don't ever go to special teams meetings. Like there's no need for us in there. So we have special teams meetings for like 30 minutes and then they have like a 15 minute period to walk to your next meeting. 
but you're all in the same building and it's max 30 second walk, you get another 15, you know, and you start those meetings pretty much right on then. And it's, there's different ways to get around it, but I just, the time commitment was definitely, I mean, I'm used to it now, so I don't really think about it too much, but you're right. The time commitment was a huge difference. They are, our Tuesdays are our worst day usually during the season because we have our 6 a.m. lifts. We have class until one uh, up at the facility at 145. They want you in meetings by, you know, 150. Um, then we have meetings until about 330. And then we have our 30 minutes of getting stretched out before practice, which means go to the training room, get taped. Um, Cause you got to get taped for every practice. Uh, make sure you stretch out, go through, go to the weight room and do your activation, um, get dressed, get out on the field. Then you have 15 minutes of pre-practice and you got a two hour practice. And by the time you get off the field, it's almost seven o'clock. And then you got an hour of meetings after practice and you're sitting in meetings at eight o'clock and you finally go downstairs and whatever food they have laid out for you, you were like, I'm eating it at this, like you are starving. Um, so usually Tuesdays we're out by eight 30. And then you have homework and tests to study for and group projects are the worst to try to schedule with people because, you know, you're always doing stuff. And at Hendrix, I know it. And at Rice, you have kids that are way smarter than you can ever imagine. And they're trying to do their projects at three o'clock in the afternoon. You're just like, I I can't. Can we do it at 10 o'clock at night? Does that work for you? (laughs) Um, So it's difficult. The time commitment is definitely a big step that I was I had to adjust for. Yeah, I mean, I, even at Hendricks, like, it, they they come in, they, they talk about student athlete, you know, you're a student first athlete, but even then, like, it, it's not anywhere to the extent of that at all, um, but we definitely do have meetings, practice, in-season, it's definitely worse, out of off-season, it's, it is, it's pretty easy, um, but, I mean, I didn't experience off-season, but from what I, what I saw from my friends and stuff, but yeah, it's nowhere to that extent. I'm assuming game days are crazy uh, with the amount of preparation, even though it's it's up to, they're, they're preparing up to that moment. Um, but I'm assuming Rice doesn't have the craziest atmosphere at home games. I'm pretty sure it's decent. We 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 started the social distancing before it was cool at our home games. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but. Is there any place you've gone to, uh, obviously an away game where, or even a neutral side game where it was, you know, maybe the best experience you've had at, at a collegiate level? Absolutely. We played my freshman year at Death Valley LSU on their senior night at seven o'clock kickoff. Greatest experience of college football that I have ever been a part of. I remember I didn't even play that game. They said, Wiley, we're gonna we're gonna hold you out for this game because I had. I had one game left that I could play in and they're like, and I started the previous two games. They go, Wiley, we're going to hold you out for this game. And we're going to start you in the last game of the season against ODU. Cause we want to end the season, like with you as our starting quarterback to prepare for the next season. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool, cool, cool. And then I was like, wait, wait, no, 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 no. I want to play against <laughs> LSU. Um, but coach Bloom knew what he was doing. I at 185 was not ready to take those kind of hits yet from uh from Patrick Queen and uh, some other of those other guys. Mm-hmm. So he knew what he was doing. But I remember that first third down, I remember looking out and, like, I remember the play. I knew we were running alley, which was going to get us a, a middle field open look where we're going to hit the tight end over the middle of the field. So I'm thinking, it's a great play. It's going to work great against LSU. Plays a lot of man. And they're going to put the linebacker um, on our tight end. We're going to be set. We're going to be good. 
I, I was standing on the sideline. I couldn't even hear like the guy next to me could not. My chest was shaking there. The LSU fans are going, I mean, they're playing rice on L, at, at, at their senior night and they are going nuts. My chest is shaking. I feel the ground vibrating and we prepared for silent count that week. So like, cause you can't hear the snap count there. Mm-hmm. And when you've got 90,000 fans going insane on that first third down of the game, it was a unbelievable atmosphere. And then Joe Burrow decides to torch y'all's defense. So that happens. Well, I know, I know looking, we were looking to the future who, who cause Rice is known to play some of the bigger schools um, mm-hmm. at, in the non-conference. Um, Sandy's team is, is University of Arkansas. Um, and I think he was going to have a plead to you uh, if y'all were happen to play in the 2021 season. Yeah, so, uh, Wiley, let me explain things to you real quick. Growing up in Arkansas, we only have one collegiate team. Now, people will tell you there's Arkansas State, but that's whatever. It's the University of Arkansas. It's, it's all we've got. Um, and back in the day when there was a Southwest Conference, it was Texas. Like, we freaking hated Texas. Now, you had your Ole Miss, your LSU, who we get into it with sometimes, but Texas was always the one we wanted to beat. So, I noticed that next year – in 2021, I don't think it was this upcoming season. It's the season after. Uh, y'all will play at in Fayetteville and in Austin, I believe. And yeah. I'm pleading with you, when you throw for 800 yards. Now, you Rice guys are very smart. You're good with numbers. You're really good with numbers. And, and, and you're good at manipulating numbers. So what I need you to do, Wiley, is when you throw for 800 yards against those two teams, can you spread it out to where you're throwing for 700 against Texas and 100 against Arkansas? Because I'm telling you right now, if, if Vegas has odds up for Rice and Arkansas, uh, putting money down on Rice for sure. <laughs> yeah, especially after North Texas and Western Kentucky, Conference USA <laughs> showing it out, you know, for the boys, you know. And so, yeah, it's a, uh, it'll be exciting. I hope I, hope I kind of get to torch both of them. That'll be a lot of fun. Hey, I'm telling you, though, you know, I haven't been to Death Valley yet. Um, you hear the stories. One of my special teams coordinators was from that area, goes to those games and stuff. Like, you just – you hear about it. I can't imagine what that was like for you. I know you said it, but even then, it would be so hard for us to comprehend. Um, I, I'm not saying Fayetteville's like that, but I, I think it will be a really cool experience for you guys. Um, and probably you walk out of there with a W, so that will help even more. But – uh, I noticed that y'all were supposed to play LSU this year. And as far as we know, I guess that game's not called off. That that will be an NRG, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so because they expect a lot of fans, they don't necessarily hold them at Rice Stadium, who at one point could hold 74,000 fans. It's a huge stadium. Uh, but we've kind of tarped off the end zones and taken out another end zone. So we only hold about 47 now, but they expect more. So we got to play at NRG when we play Texas, like we did this past year, um, LSU, like we do this year. Um, so, and having, you know, the whole season, we were kind of cheering for LSU to kind of whoop up on everybody. So it looks cooler when we play them this, this next year. And um, we're really looking forward to that game. And yeah, so far it's, everything's on, you know, uh, conference USA has been all good and we've been, we're playing out of conference and conference games so far. So we're set to play Houston that first week of September, I believe. Well, we, we're, we're hoping for a season as well, because as, you know, being podcasters, we need something to report on, something to talk about. Um, we'll definitely be following Rice this year. Um, but we were looking at the stats, and uh, I think you broke a record your, your freshman year, if, if we're correct. Uh, I think so. Yeah, was it like what 
the first freshman since 1977 to throw a thousand yards? I believe that's, I believe that is the record. Yes. So Um, like when you're on campus, do you walk around with like a sign that's like, I broke a record or is it like, (laughs) (laughs) um, no, when I walk around campus, um, I'm usually just holding the door open for people and kind of following them because, well, Rice has a different atmosphere than you would expect from most division one football facilities and schools and, that's just, it's part of being at Rice. You're at, you know, a top 10 school. Um, you know, Harvard likes to say they're the Rice of the North, but it's cool because, you know, that's just, that's just the way we are at Rice. It's, it's, a, it's a community where it's not filled with a lot of football fans, uh, which is a reason why we practice social distancing at our football games. So it's part of it. So not a lot of people know who I am, but it's always cool when you get those couple people on campus who, uh, who definitely know who you are and kind of kind of asked to take pictures or hang out with you. So that's cool. Yeah, Drew, you got to remember, we're not just talking about potential NFL players here. When, you, when we're talking about Rice, we're talking about freaking scientists going to work at NASA when they graduate, man, SpaceX and all of them. Like NFL scouts are the least important recruiters on that campus. Yeah, we're, it's, it's big time. I mean, I just remember, I remember my freshman year talking to one of my good buddies, um, a couple of the regular students at Rice and, we're just sitting there and he was mentioning, he's like, Oh, like he's going to start for a football team this week. This was like my first start. And the guy kind of looks at him and was like, we have football here. And I was like, Oh yeah, we do. <laughs> goes, Sorry. I've just been, you know, I'm a first year um, aerospace engineer. I was like, Hey man, you do you never mind. <laughs> Forget about me. Um, and he was just telling me like how he was got an internship with NASA this next year and how he's hoping to work for Elon Musk at SpaceX. And I was like, Hey, Go for it. You don't even worry about football. Like you guys are going to do such great things in the world that, I mean, some of the people I've met there are going to be, you know, world starters. So it's, it's definitely cool to kind of be around them a little bit too. Yeah. Well, you know, you have a record broken. Um, do you ever, you know, your dad played college soccer. Do you ever kind of rub it in his face or like, I have a record broken. Like, what do you have? You just played collegiate soccer or is that, is there ever some smack talk to your dad? Oh yeah, for sure. I always give him a little bit here and there. Um, but he can still rub it in my face that, cause he played semi-professional soccer. So he got paid for what he was doing. I got and he always kind of likes to rub that in my face. And he's like, well, I'm getting paid for what I get to do. And I was like, well, okay. I've <laughs> got to get to that point in life before I can really rub it in your face. Uh, but there's always a little competition between the family. My sister's a soccer player at Coppell now and she's a stud and my mom, was a you know a state uh, state track athlete in New York where she absolutely killed it. So like there's always a little bit of athleticism competition in the family for sure. But I I think I'd like to take it up on my dad that I've gotten beat. Now he was supposed to play college soccer A and M before Title IX took out men's soccer from A and M. So he can always say I was going to go to the bigger school, but then I'm like, you went to North Texas and Midwestern. I think I went to the better school. So I I always like to rub that one in. Yeah, no, I, it, it's definitely funny to kind of have those transitions or those interactions with your dad um, and just just giving him smack because I always dealt with my dad. We didn't – no comparison to talking about collegiate, but I always tell my dad, like, hey, I can beat you one-on-one basketball, you know, everything like that. Um, but my, my, my final question, not our final question for the day, is, um, you know, being a college athlete, um, do you have any extra responsibilities you feel like you know, towards the city or towards the, the university of like Rice or like towards the city of Houston, or are you just, you're just a college athlete. You're there to play sports. Um, there's a little bit here and there, uh, at Rice, we do a lot of community service outreach and that's kind of something that 
we do a lot of, it's not something where we have to do it, but it's something that we get to do. And I think that's something that's really cool. Um, I think that's kind of our outreach with Houston in general. We help out with the medical district. We promote a lot of internships through there uh, that are like unpaid internships, obviously, to help out with the medical district. We can't really do that right now with everything going on. Um, but that's kind of what we do as a, as a team. And I think that's kind of like our job, kind of like what we bring to, to Houston is kind of what we get to do there. So that's kind of our, um, our give back. Um, but it is a lot of, you are here to do school and play football and we can handle the rest of your free time. We will decide what you get to do with it. I gotcha. All right, Wiley. So my last thing is, um, we have a local medical school where I'm from. It's where my mom went and all this. I'm a pre-med student. Um, but one school that really stands out to me that's close to the area, I've got a lot of friends in Texas, is Baylor College of Medicine, which is like right next door to you guys. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess what my question is like, what are the, you know, you're, you're, the, you're the star quarterback for the university in town. Um, what are the what, what are the things to do in that area? Like the best place to eat? You know, you're talking about, uh, getting food after practice, even during at those eight thirty nights. I know that some it's not just the food at the facility. Sometimes you got to go out and get something fast or quick, or or the, maybe the go-to spot after a game when you're celebrating uh, beating LSU next year when you get back from NRG. <laughs> like, what what are the cool spots and and maybe the best places to visit? You know, well, there is probably some of the best barbecue I've ever had in Houston at Pit Room Barbecue. It is, we actually had it the other night for dinner because we had a, we didn't have workouts in the morning. So we were like, oh, let's enjoy this and have something, you know, heavy to eat. And it is, it is some good, good barbecue. So that's where we like to go to after games. That's definitely the big spot. Um, there's also this little hole in the wall Chinese restaurant that, my, that the team for some reason loves going to called Who's Cooking, H-U. And they just, goodness gracious, it's, it's just good Chinese food. But that's, those, are, those are the big spots. Pit Room Barbecue, is, especially on Saturdays, is always hopping. But if you know rice football, you can always kind of move up in the line a little bit and get your food ready. So that's, that's Pit Room Barbecue is definitely the spot to go to. Well, you're speaking to my heart as an Arkansas kid. We love our barbecue just like y'all Texans do. So that was the best recommendation I could have gotten. Yeah, it is. I will recommend it until the day I die after having it just one time. And now I'm, now I'm hooked on it. There you go. Well, Wiley, again, we'd like to thank you for coming on, um, spending some valuable time with us today. Uh, we know you're a busy man. I know the season's starting to rev up here. Um, but again, thank you for coming on. Uh, we, we enjoyed this podcast. We enjoy researching you, learning a little bit more about you. You know, I, I haven't really known much about you since you went to college because, you know, you're a college guy now at Division One. you got other things going on. Um, but again, I've enjoyed just learning more about you, getting to know you a little bit more. Um, see what it's like to be a division one athlete. Um, but thank you, Wiley. I appreciate y'all having me. Hope to, hope to do it again soon. Yes. Sure. We'll, we'll, we'll come on after you. We'll have you on after you beat Arkansas and then uh, we'll break, we'll, we'll break Sandy's heart. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Love to hear I want, it. No, I want him Drew when they beat LSU. <laughs> hey, LSU reigning national champs, baby. Mark it on the calendar. Rice wins. Um, they're covering the spread for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Wiley, Drew and I love to talk tactics. You know, he's a coach, too. We can help you out. I mean, we know about Derek Stingley and all them. I know you guys are probably 
doing your preseason preparations already, but we'll, we'll help you out, okay? So if you're, if you're OC, your quarterback's coach, and anything from us, let us know. We'll be happy to send them all the stuff we have gathered on LSU over the years. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely hit y'all up if we need it. <laughs> all right. All right.